Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Anna Dedder from the Comment and Analysis Desk. Should companies develop their future leaders within their organisation or look outside for fresh talent? General Electric and Uber present a big contrast in their models. GE had John Flannery trained and shaped in-house, ready to step into Jeffrey Melt's shoes. While Travis Kalanick's resignation has left a gaping hole at Uber, says Andrew Hill. The GE path is seen by some as outdated and expensive, yet Silicon Valley's ethos gives little room for preparation of senior executives. Elsewhere, too, there is a tension between the build-and-buy approaches to succession, says Andrew. General Electric's newest product is a balding 55-year-old American executive with a background in finance and an international pedigree. John Flannery rolled out of GE's factory for corporate leaders last week, ready to succeed Jeff Immelt in August as only the 10th chief executive in the multinational's 125-year history. His enunciation is the outcome of a process as meticulous and intensive as the manufacture of a composite fan blade for one of its aircraft engines. The news came in the wake of recent pressure on Mr Immelt from investors, but GE says it began planning the succession in detail in 2011, when 10 candidates were under consideration, and that the board identified this summer as the ideal time to move to a new leader as long ago as 2013. Mr Flannery, currently running GE Healthcare, is a 30-year GE veteran, forged on its leadership production line and polished by carefully selected assignments in the US and abroad. GE has always been among the most punctilious preparers of future leaders, drawing on best practice from the Chinese Communist Party's central school to the Boston Celtics basketball team. The GE way, though, is starting to look like an expensive, even anachronistic exception to the methods used by many companies to shape their future leaders, if they bother shaping them at all. The leadership meltdown at Uber, whose founder chief executive Travis Kalanick resigned this week, has focused attention on what can happen to organisations that fail to develop their leaders. Big companies have long recognised that they can no longer turn out leaders using a fixed template. As Mr Immelt said last week, his successor was chosen not for what he knows, but for how fast we think he can learn. Apart from the inevitable pressure on training budgets, the shift from corporate hierarchies to looser networks and the devolution of power to self-managed teams mean companies can no longer be run by command and control leaders taught from management manuals. Boards want to pick from a more diverse and international cohort of future leaders, a range that may not be available internally. At the same time, promising younger employees, whom organisations used to count on to stay for decades, expect to move more frequently or break out as entrepreneurs in their own right. These pressures have created tension between build and buy models of executive development. Peter Capelli, director of the Centre for Human Resources at University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School, says he has seen a long decline in the number of companies that wish to invest in intensive GE-style leadership development plans. He says, The company's argument is that if we develop you, we're just going to lose you, so why should we do that? It is hard to put a figure on the amount spent on creating the next corporate leaders. Barbara Kellerman, a lecturer in leadership at Harvard's Kennedy School, estimated in 2012 that more than $50 billion was spent on leadership development annually in the US, including on business school courses. Deloitte estimated that in 2013, 
U.S. companies spent $15.5 billion training future leaders. But many large companies prefer to spend money hiring ready-made senior executives than on developing them, bidding up executive pay in a bloodier and bloodier phase of the war for talent first identified by McKinsey, another consultancy, in the late 1990s. One private investment report, prepared in 2013 to identify future trends in spending on HR technology, estimated the total available market for job advertising and recruiting systems at $30 billion. That was ten times the size of the future market for technology to manage and develop existing staff, a sign of where companies' priorities may lie. At the chief executive end of the pipeline, the supply of leaders still looks healthy. Spencer Stewart, the headhunter, says only a tenth of new chief executives at S&P 500 companies were appointed from another company last year, the lowest percentage since 2004. Problems can arise, though, when companies do not have a deep enough pool of potential replacements. Michael Burshen, a partner at McKinsey, says, At least some of the clients that I've observed have been pulling in more leaders from outside. There aren't jobs for life, and employees don't want jobs for life. As a result, he says, there are going to be fewer companies over the whole economy that build their own, and it will become more important for companies to be able to integrate talented executives from other organisations. Companies that run deeper leadership development initiatives swear by their usefulness, but they recognise that the way in which they choose, train and retain their future leaders has to change, in part to develop softer skills such as empathy or creativity. For its 130 senior executives, Sky, the UK broadcaster, organises a programme called Future Now. It includes talks by thinkers, entrepreneurs and sports people, as well as workshops and an annual retreat. The executives are also linked to an online application, Sky Hive, that allows them to share ideas and watch development videos about well-being or emotional intelligence. The aim is not to provide technical or management training, which Sky also offers, but to encourage the right culture and spark thinking about innovation. GE has long offered 650 of its senior executives intensive leadership training at Crotonville, its training hub in the Hudson Valley, north of Manhattan, or its satellites abroad. It also sends the most senior on two- or three-day visits to places such as the D-Day landing beaches in Normandy, or to the bridge in Selma, Alabama, where civil rights marchers clashed bloodily with armed police over voting rights for African Americans in 1965. Susan Peters, GE's Senior Vice President for HR, says, They're meant to be moments of learning and reflection that people take back to their work environments. In the category of bespoke programmes, Johnson & Johnson gave seven of its most senior executives a team of specialists, including a dietitian and executive coach, to shield them from burnout. The healthcare company recently launched the $100,000 programme for other companies too. Ms Peters recognises that GE has the advantage over smaller companies in that it can tailor training for its high-potential executives and can also rotate its future leaders between different jobs. She says, All of the candidates for chief executive were given moves to demonstrate from different platforms how they lead. GE even structured the job of country head in India for Mr Flannery to give him experience running industrial activities, which was missing from his early career. Unilever is another multinational with sufficient weight and breadth to provide different assignments for promising managers. Lena Nair, the consumer products company's chief HR officer, says it designates some of them as big bet talents when they've completed five or six years. 
She says the long-term benefits of build versus buy far outweigh the costs of developing leaders within the group. She says it's much cleverer economically to build your talent. But like Ms Peters at GE, she says such programmes need to be constantly updated to adapt to new requirements for leaders. She says, Every year we look at each other and say, Oh my God, we need to do more. Younger managers fret, meanwhile, that they are not being offered the same opportunities as their elders were. A 2016 survey of millennials by Deloitte found 63% of employees born since 1982 said their leadership skills were not being fully developed. Ms Nair says properly structured development plans attract and keep younger managers, despite their often cited desire to flip between jobs in a career. She says, if you say to them you're going to be doing this job for five years and it's going to be broadly the same, of course you're not going to keep them. But if you say you can shape this, and by the way, maybe you'd also like to take part in this project about something that excites you, then they're going to stay. The latest Deloitte report also suggests younger staff are clinging to career certainty amid political upheaval. The findings raise the possibility that they may rediscover the virtues of leadership training in the same way they have woken up to the attractions of vinyl records or hardback books. Realistically, though, some companies have to let their talented executives move in order to develop if they cannot offer them opportunities within the organisation. The HR head of one big European group says she keeps track of a network of alumni, waiting for the moment she may be able to attract them back. Reid Hoffman, founder of LinkedIn, has developed the idea of tours of duty, according to which companies set finite two- to four-year missions for staff, after which either party can decide enough is enough. Professor Capelli says this is typical of the Silicon Valley ethos, where he says investment in leadership training has shriveled away giving rise to endemic disloyalty and a punishing, costly battle for the best employees. Google encourages staff to teach each other with a system called Googler to Googler, or G2G, which includes a seven-week mini-MBA. But critics note the company has no problem in attracting the best staff. As Professor Capelli points out, companies say they want to get better at hiring and better at keeping their own people, which, as a system, can't possibly work. In fact, Mr Hoffman says it is possible to carry out successive missions within one company and cites GE as a model. In The Alliance, co-authored with Ben Kaznotcher and Chris Ye, he writes that no person has ever become CEO of General Electric without completing numerous tours of duty. Silicon Valley does, however, offer one striking cautionary tale about the need for leadership development in the shape of Uber. Before Mr Kalanick quit... It appointed Francis Fry, a Harvard Business School professor, as Senior Vice President of Leadership and Strategy, one outcome of the founder's earlier admission that he needed leadership help. One of the clearest recommendations of the investigation into a string of scandals at the transportation company was that senior managers should receive mandatory leadership training. It should include, the report said, such basic lessons as how to effectively set organisational goals and how to encourage a culture in which everyone gets heard in a manner in which they are comfortable and employees feel safe to propose ideas. It is a long way from the systematic GE-style programme, but it is a start. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.